Welcome back to the Ask Different Podcast. This is episode number 14, recorded October 4th, 2011. I'm Kyle Cronin. I'm Jason Zollis. And I'm Nathan Greenstein. And we are convening for a special October 4th Apple event podcast. This is where you usually hear silly little sounds straight out of the 50s. Flash! News alert! Apple makes big announcement! <laughs> Well, not today, because their announcements weren't actually that big, but uh, it was it's at least worth talking about. Uh, I, I wouldn't have any problem just going off of what was announced at WWDC all over again. Well, I think that would <laughs> that encompassed the first half of the show was, yeah. let's talk about everything that we talked about six months. It wasn't even six months ago. It was uh, three, three, three months, three or four months ago. Sure like, feels like it was a long time ago. Yeah. And I think, oh God, I, so they announced this, so they're going through all the stuff that we, you know, we've seen before. And then they mentioned, oh yeah, we have apps on the Mac app store or not the Mac app store, the iOS app store, like this one that we've just created cards where you can send cards to, (laughs) to different people, like physical cards to, you know, mailing out to people. And it's like, okay, this is, uh this isn't a really big feature, you know, <laughs> remind me why I have this fancy phone. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a neat, it's a neat thing. And it is, it is good that it's like a separate app in the app store and not like, Oh, this is some awesome new feature in iOS five, but it was still a little like, you know, would you like to share by Twitter? Would you like to share by email or would you like to share by snail mail? Yeah. <laughs> The cards are pretty, and they they did good work with designing it and stuff. But I just I don't really understand because, especially with all their their hype about iMessage and all that, it seems like there's no reason for this. Especially since the desktop version of Mail has been able to send stationary for a long time. Well, yeah, I don't think you could send actually like physical cards, but not physically, but but right. by email, right. you know, HTML message with with fancy stationery and stuff. Which, you know, when do you really need to send something by mail? Like when when can someone not receive a PDF or an HTML email and get Hospital. the same card? That's true. That's true. Or people who don't use email, you know, grandparents or people that just don't like technology. Yeah, and also like you know if you know if uh, sending out like a birthday card to someone, right? Um, it, you know means a lot more to actually get like a physical card in the mail and attest to get an email, hi, happy birthday, or like <laughs> someone posing in your Facebook wall. Um, yeah. But I think that if you, <laughs> you know, it's like oh, someone mailed me a card, and then it's just printed text mailed from like some Apple distribution center. I don't know. It it that that is like one notch above email, but it's still still pretty down there in terms of, you know, um, I think of you, uh, I think as much of you as the amount of effort I was willing to put into sending this to you, which is, again, one notch above email. Hey, at uh, least they paid some money for it. Yeah, that's true. I spent three dollars and thirty <laughs> seconds sending this to you. Great. All right. Anyway, uh, so that that was one thing. Um, the app the app is free, and it's three dollars to send a card within the U.S. and five dollars to send it to anywhere else in the world. Yes. Um, they also went through other iOS five features, uh, and including a few that I mean, I saw 
and I'm not sure if they were mentioned during the WWDC presentation. Uh, there was one that came that, that sort of popped out at me um, in mail in mail on your iPad. If you're reading it in vertically, typically the way that you would get at your list of messages is there's a little message button up in the upper left-hand corner, and you got to hit that and, and scroll around. Uh, apparently, now you can just sort of swipe and get access to that list. So that's pretty cool. It's basically just flicking the message away. Yeah. yeah, that's intelligent, and that seems like a fairly simple way to to make the app more usable. Yeah, but you know, overall, um, basically, they spent the first half hour, forty minutes, just going over stuff that they've already talked about, and or telling us how much market share the iPod and the iPhone and all that stuff have, which is a bit of a snoozer. Um, but I guess that's kind of Tim Cook's thing, so gotta let him do it. I, I was thinking this during the during the event. Um, and again, when I was watching the uh, the stream, because they published the stream just a little while ago, Tim Cook reminds me of Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. No, he like he. You know, he's kind to of the neighborhood, Kyle. He's kind of graying, and he talks in like this kind of slow, and it's a little bit southern, a little bit. You know, it's just like I don't know. It just he he reminds me of Mr. Rogers in some capacity. He just needs a sweater, exactly. <laughs> that should be what he wears on stage. <laughs> and Steve you are Jobs special just for being you. <laughs> and and of course, if you buy an iPhone. Uh, <laughs> all right. So what else was there? They talked about iCloud. Right. Nothing, right, nothing right, right. real new there. Yeah, they sort of had a little dig at uh, Gmail. They said, and you get a free, ad-free me.com email address. I'm like... Yeah, that's a dig at Gmail. <laughs> um, and every other email system out there. That's true, yeah. Um, I'm actually seriously seriously considering, uh, you know, really evaluating uh, iCloud's mail when it comes out as a possible replacement for Gmail. Uh, my only sort of stopping thing is I do have a lot of sort of um, filters and uh, labels and stuff that, uh, you know, if, if, if iCloud doesn't really have that, sort of advanced filtering and functionality and stuff that uh, I'll, I'll have to stick with Gmail for the time being, but uh, I'm, I'm at least willing to give them a shot. Um, if I could, in less than a half hour of work, get all of my Gmail message history over to iCloud Mail, and including filters and rules and, and labels and folders and that sort of thing, then I, would, I think I would definitely consider doing it. But... Honestly, I mean, on my school email is still Google Apps, and I still have all of my subscriptions with Gmail. It, unless unless it's really easy to get everything across, not having ads and maybe having a slightly prettier UI is not really worth all the time to me. To me, it's it's more about uh, the you know the independence from Google. Uh, I have to say that the relationship I want to have with my social network and the relationship I have with my email and contacts and calendar provider are very different. And, you know, I've shared a lot with Google and it's not that I don't trust them, but it just makes me uneasy to have both of those relationships. You know, I'd rather have, have them, you know, be, be with like separate services or separate companies. So, I mean, I like Google Plus, you know, I want to continue using Google Plus, but at the same time, I also want to 
maybe sort of start investigating, maybe uh, switching away from Gmail and Google Calendar. Yeah, anyway, um, so they also, in iCloud, find my iPhone now finds your Mac. Not sure how that's going to work. Um, <laughs> Probably the same Wi-Fi address. As the iPod Wi-Fi. Touch. Yeah. 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 Well, the thing is, you gotta you gotta rely on someone actually using that and connecting it to a Wi-Fi network and stuff. I mean, typically, if unless the Mac is physically like open and on and connected to the network, there's no way to find it. So, unless you've got Wake for Network Access enabled and it's sleeping, and you can Wake for Network Access doesn't work for internet packets. Oh, unless 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 Apple puts in their own, you know, you can do it for for VNC and that sort of thing. If it's if you use the screen sharing app, so if you if Apple puts in their own, yeah, yeah, their own I don't know, I don't know about that. That's exactly what back to my Mac is proxied yeah. via mobile me. Yeah, mobile mobile me sort of has a um, yeah that might work. I mean, this is exactly what LoJack for Mac and. Um, I know of at least two others, but I can't really think of their name, what these theft uh, theft prevention and recovery services are for. Uh, it's, well, it's exactly what they've done for as many years as they've been in existence. All I'm saying is that uh, if I'm not using my Mac, the lid is closed and it is sleeping and it is not connected to any networks at all. And so, I really hope that you're not going to lose your Mac and your couch cushions like you would a phone. <laughs> yeah. Where is it? I need it to make noise. Well, I just think, you know, this is when they were saying, oh, we want to bring stuff from iOS back to the Mac. I was thinking, yes, hardware, you know, we will, there'll be like a little board in there using almost no power that connects to cellular networks that, you know, you can, and and has a GPS so you can uh, access the internet anywhere you are. And, uh, you know, if, if you get an email, but your laptop's closed, it'll still ding. And, oh, I thought it was like, yes, this is great. And then they're like, we're going to bring scrolling to the Mac, reverse scrolling. I'm, I'm like, well, you know, that's nice, but I think there are a lot of things that iOS devices have that would be really much more useful to the Mac than uh, Launchpad. I'm just saying. You got to wonder if their relationship with carriers to be able to enable something like that, some kind of a 3G built-in module, isn't strained in some way just considering network utilization with their iPhone and iPad already, and to add on a fully-fledged computer that can and will chatter a lot more. And everybody, everybody blames AT&T being unreliable because the iPhone came in with such demand. Imagine adding computers to all of that. Um, all of these carriers sell MiFi's, and they sell uh, little USB things. I honestly don't think that uh, <laughs> buying a Mac with uh, cellular capability is going to so overwhelm these carriers that oh oh i don't know what i'm gonna do because i'm getting all this traffic and money from these but for it to be available on anything it's just like the iphone there there were there were phones that used data before but the iphone was way more popular and when a lot of people started using it that's when they found problems so yeah they do have mifis and, and usb modems available but they're not as popular as it would be if it was integrated to a popular laptop. You're pretty much saying exactly what he just said. You, Kyle, are pretty much saying exactly the same thing Nathan just said. You would love it if it were built in, even though there's more than enough ways of getting it right now. You do realize that I said it first, and then he was just saying stuff again. Oh, I, I was talking about the the network. I'm, I'm saying, like, when the iPhone came out, 
it it was a network problem because it was suddenly popular to be using data. And my, my point was was that Kyle, you were you were you were kind of deflecting and saying how could something like this really cause such a carrier impact? But at the same time, you said that you would love for it to be built in instead of buying one of these already available MiFi's or USB dongles or anything else. I would like for it to be built in because you could have some sort of firmware on there that could be sort of passively listening on the network. That's that's basically the only reason why it would make uh, a lot more sense. And, and for portability reasons, so you don't have to have a you know, separate thing to plug in. Sticking um, out and being a yeah a easy to break and... And I think for a couple days to replace. And I think that uh, you know Apple could very easily architect their networking stack so that um, you know you could get like a a very sort of like a a low data plan uh, that would handle you know basic email and stuff. But you know if you try to go to Netflix, it's like oh hang on a second, looks like you're about to you're trying to use a lot of bandwidth and that's going to cost you a lot of money. (laughs) Do are you sure you want to do that? And or it, maybe the carriers let Apple do it on the sole condition that they don't warn people when they're going to spend a lot of money. I, I, or, or Apple does not need the blessing of carriers at all. They could just sell something with like a little uh, micro SIM slot, and then just you know anybody that wanted to use it um, would have to know how to get, you know get a micro SIM from a carrier. And if carriers don't want to support it, then you know whatever. Um, but at least people would have that option. And I think that, that that's not quite an Apple solution. That's not, you know, something where you can, you know, walk into a store and then walk out with something that's fully operational. But I think that, you know, that's at least a, a good compromise. And there's also a reason why all of the unlimited data packages are disappearing from cellular plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So in addition to find my iPhone, there's also find my friends. So... You know, it, it, it makes it easy for not only for you to find your own devices, but uh, to share your location with other people and for you to see locations that other people have shared with you. Uh, I thought it was an interesting take. Didn't really like the design. It was kind of like a stitched leather kind of thing, uh, reminiscent of uh, the iCal um, on the iPad and Lion. Um, but uh, it's it's definitely a neat, neat idea, and... It is something that really does need to be built into the operating system because um, third-party apps that try to do this, they can work most of the time. But, you know, for some reason, if you restart your phone or if the app is quit or crashes for some reason, it just doesn't restart. Um, And then... (coughs) (coughs) Oh, goodness. What was that? Latitude. I was trying to be discreet, but latitude. It sounded like you were dying over there. (laughs) I guess it's hard to know uh, how exactly it would sound. The point, the point I was making was you, you, all of the all of the problems you were talking about are latitude on iOS. The app, for me, anyways, I honestly haven't asked to know if this is uh, common or not. But the application closes when your device sleeps, so when you wake it up, you're back at the home menu, and it's like, well, I was using you for reference to where I'm going, and now I have to unnecessarily open it back up and wait for it to sync, and go and refresh the location that I'm getting to, and update the maps again, and uh, it's it's absolutely obnoxious. 
it doesn't look like they have the functionality, but it would be really cool if uh, what you could do is you could say, okay, you know, I want to, I want directions to where this person is right now. And then it would be like, okay, you would open up the maps app and, you know, show directions to this person. But then just as how your position updates based on where you are their position could update based on where they are and it would like be constantly recalculating the route okay take a left here take a right here and uh it'd be it'd be really interesting to you know to follow someone or you know someone's like hey uh you know i'm gonna be around town you know it'd be cool if we bumped into each other and you're like okay all right well i'll I'll look you up on uh, find my friends a lot of I remember a lot of people in the chat room freaking out about stalker this and stalker that, but I think Apple made one of the best points you absolutely could. Like this would be this would be great for a family in general, um, anybody with any kind of a relationship like that. But Apple made a ridiculously good addition: timed sharing. So you're out at you're out at some particular location. You you invite somebody, or somebody says, "Hey, where are you?" You can tell them where you are. And if they, you know, if, if there's somebody you don't exactly know, you enable sharing with them for three hours and then they'll be able to come to the same event that you are, but they won't be able to follow you home. I actually think that's a really good concept there. I mean, it would be nice if, if it was just, oh, time sharing, you know, between one person and another, but it's actually um, events. So I haven't used it yet, so I don't know how it works, but I'm assuming you join an event and then your location is then not only is is given to everyone else who has permission to view that event. So they're not necessarily people that you want to share your location with all the time or necessarily even, you know, you people that you've consciously thought about sharing your location with, but you're like, I want to join this event and I want people that all, other people at this event to know where I am. And then you just, uh, you just turn that on and then uh, it has a built in expiration time. And then once that's done, um, everyone, uh, loses access, which is great. Did they say anything about how that event list is generated? I, well, I think someone's got to create an event. Uh, no idea how you share it. Maybe you share it on Twitter. I don't know. Because <laughs> it has Twitter integration. Mm-hmm. Well, n- not the app, the, the OS, but maybe the app does as well. I, I actually don't know if that's going to actually be a built-in app on the device or if that's something you're going to have to download from the App Store, but uh, probably something built-in just because of the nature of the app. And they showed the list of the apps that they sell on the app store and it wasn't on there. So. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. But I think at the time that they mentioned that they showed that little grid of, of apps, um, this hadn't been uh, announced yet. So they, maybe, maybe they just didn't want to steal their own thunder. All right. So iTunes match basically, it's it's mostly what we learned about at WWDC uh, with the addition that apparently everything can be streamed, which is one of those things that was kind of left, I think, intentionally Im- ambiguous uh, at WWDC. It's like, well, is it is it downloaded? Is it uh, downloaded, but you can play it instantly as it's downloading? Or is it actual streaming? And it seems like this is actually actual streaming because uh, they, they showed in the presentation where you could um, take a blank I- iPad, you know, brand new, whatever, uh, log into your Apple account and then turn on uh, the service. And um, you go into the music and it just shows everything that, uh, is in your iTunes match and you can just start playing 
you know, any of it instantly, which is, I think, really huge. And at 25 bucks a year, I think, I think this is, this is going to hook me. Um, the only downside is, of course, I think, I don't know if you, if, it, if the streaming works on the Mac. Um, so it'll be great, you know, when I'm, when I'm out and about on my, uh, iPhone, but I think I may have to still retain my iTunes library on my computer because I won't be able to stream it otherwise. And so after iCloud, Phil Schiller came up to talk a little bit about the iPod lineup. I knew a lot of people were saying, oh, this is going to be an iPhone only event. And I said in my predictions that no, they're actually going to talk about iPods as well. So I think I kind of nailed that one. <laughs> to um, other people's credit, there was no new iPod. True. <laughs> um, true. Yeah, all, all the iPod hardware is exactly the same. Uh, they're just updating. Actually, no, that's not true. You can get Touch a white, white, white iPod or Touch. Or white Touch, I'm sorry. Yeah. That. Yes. White iPod Touch. That they're going to be updating with iOS 5. They're actually going to be drop, dropping the price to $199. Uh, I sort of mentioned that as well in my predictions. And the iPod Nano. So they, they updated the interface a little bit. Now, instead of a 2x2 two two grid, uh, it's just basically... It's not it's not cover flowy, but it's similar where you you know you, you've got one app in the center, you flick left and right to uh, to switch between them, and then you just sort of hit it to uh, to activate it. Uh, they're also adding clock faces, um, a lot of clock faces, including like a Mickey Mouse face. Uh, they're really sort of uh, encouraging people to use this as a watch, basically. So I wonder why they don't actually sell watch bands as like first party items in the store, especially since I mean. It's pretty obvious that they want you to use it as a watch. Probably because it ships as a clip, and they're aware that to... What kind of came to mind is the complaints that I've heard of using it as, as a watch. You know, with a watch, you usually just look at it, but with a Nano, you have to bring both of your hands in and hit the little button to bring up the clock interface. Right. So they're not endorsing it as a watch because generally it's a pretty terrible watch but it's a pretty spiffy feature to add into it. And again, the fact that it ships with a clip, they want it they want you to just be able to slide it onto anything, you know, either if you have a shirt pocket or if you just kind of pinch up your shirt and latch it on or anything like that, that's their intended use. Yeah, I mean, I I I understand that. But I uh, Apple has always sold um like armbands and stuff for their iPods um, you know, for people that run, so I don't know. It just seems like a different way for you to attach the device to your body, and I, I I would have I would have assumed that they would have been a little more supporting of that. Um, I mean, they they are in terms of software, but uh, I mean, who knows? Uh, maybe in a month we'll see the uh, the lunatic and the TikTok in the app. Uh, <laughs> I keep saying the app store, the Apple stores. Be like, hey, great for great gift for your children or something. So. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, the iPod Nano is actually a really, really sort of spiffy little device. And it has an FM radio, which a lot of people say, oh, what do I need an FM radio for? But, uh, you know, I think that just sort of generic, like, portable hardware radios are sort of like a niche thing. And um, if you look into actually buying one, they're, they're, 
a good ones and kind of expensive, you know, one with that has like a, like a digital readout and stuff. And, and you can actually pause live playback and, and, and resume and stuff with the, with the radio on the iPad, iPod. They had this in the fifth generation nano, which was the last one that was tall with a big screen. That's the one I have. And then they removed it with the sixth generation was the first little block touchscreen thing. And I guess they actually decided they still, to add it back. Well, they still have it. They they still had it in the in the sixth oh, generation. Yeah. Oh, I thought they. Yeah. Hmm. Which I guess it was video that they video and games that they removed. They removed the camera. Oh, that too. Yeah. yeah. So for for some unknown reason, <laughs> Apple's like, "Hey, let's add a camera to this iPod Nano." And yeah. Everyone was I've like, "What? It. What? What?" <laughs> I've used it. I've used the camera maybe once and the voice recorder maybe twice. <laughs> still doesn't make any sense they were probably, yeah. probably like what what can we add in terms of hardware that will make this better and someone's like i know let's put a camera in there someone's like great idea great idea and then they shipped it that way i don't know it doesn't make any sense to me but uh i think they were they were trying to make it was it was kind of a small upgrade between the the fourth generation i guess they were just trying to make it a little more interesting yeah, that's true. Physically, it looked very, very similar to the fourth generation. Like, oh, the paint is shiny now, and right. there are two additional colors. Yeah, I, I, you know, I got a bigger screen and stuff like that to its credit. But yeah, yeah. All right, so we sort of get to the meat of the event: the iPhone 4s. Which I just going to say first off, why, why the 4s? Why did they call it the 4s and why not the 5? It's not a big enough change. Well, yeah, yes and no. The thing is, now, I mean, if they if if their next iPhone, they're going to call the iPhone five. It's like, well, that's not really the fifth iPhone. That's your sixth iPhone. But are they going to call it the iPhone six? You know, six and six S. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't really flow. You know, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prediction that will make you go insane. Oh, okay. It's gonna be LTE or WiMAX, and they're gonna call it the iPhone four G. <laughs> I think you would hate that, Kyle. Something tells me. Um, well, actually, I, I I wouldn't hate that as much as you would think because mm-hmm. they had the iPhone 3G. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I think that if they continue to overload the four, you know, four and then a letter for another year, um, it's going to kind of like run together, you know, it's like, well, do you have the four? Do you have the four S or do you have the four G, you know? So I think it would be a dumb move. I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah, hate no, it. I, I don't. Um, because I do understand you, you sort of need to name it after like occasionally you'll need to name it after like a flagship feature that you're shipping with the device. But I just think that them calling it the four S means that they can't call it. Well, um, <laughs> if they call the next one, the iPhone five, then they would be lying. They'd be lying liars. The four was a lie. No, the no, four. The no, four was the wasn't. fourth okay. one. That that was yeah. man. I didn't even think of that before I said that, did I? And, and yeah, and I. The reason why they couldn't call the the three GS the iPhone three was because again, it would be kind of weird to take away the G. You know, we go from the three G to the three. Well, which is better? You know, well this one's got a G. This one doesn't. You know. So it it was kind of confu- it would, would have been confusing. So you know you you got to add letters. You either got to add letters or you got to increase the number. <laughs> That's Maybe the they're going to start they're going to start doing something like Mac OS ten. So it's going to be the iPhone four dot six 
Snow Leopard, oh, except God. it'll choose some. <laughs> they got a and, mythical creatures. Yeah, and and they're shipping iOS five. iOS five on an iPhone four S. It'll become iOS five point two Kraken or some other mythical. Yeah, that's bound to happen because we're on. I fear, I fear finishing this sentence, but we're on four three, four three. Right. Mm-hmm. But then, and then we're going up to iPhone, uh, iOS 5. Yeah. Once they get to 10, they'll start doing the sub-version numbers and stuff. And they'll call them like little cats. Like, here's the, uh, you know, a Maine Coon cat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what are what are types of cats? Um, Siamese. <laughs> Tabby. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the first person to make that joke. Um, all right. So, 4S, whatever. Um and it, it looks exactly like the iPhone 4, which, I mean, admittedly, I really, really love the design of the iPhone 4. Um, my only complaint is I wish it was a little tougher uh, because, um, again, my back has shattered before and now the front of my screen actually has a crack in it. Um, Kai, have you heard of the new upgrade to Apple Care? You can pay like 30 bucks extra and get protection from accidental damage? Yes, the Apple Care Plus, which mm-hmm. you have to buy. Um, when you're buying the device. So right. You, oh, I guess that's, that's true. I always was like, oh, not right now. I'm not going to get the Apple Care right now um, because you, you would typically have a year because your your existing warranty would cover you for an entire year. Um, now, I, I understand why they have to say that the, uh, that the warranty has to be purchased um, at the same time as the device because someone could, oh, well, <laughs> oops, <laughs> broke my iPhone. Well, it'd be cheaper just to buy the, the Plus care and then mm-hmm. just take it in for a repair immediately than it would be to actually pay for the repair so yeah so yeah i understand that it's kind of like the only the only thing i'm oh, good oh well i was just gonna say um I, there was a story i read a while ago where uh a town uh the, the the fire department basically switched to an opt-in system where you'd have to pay like i don't know x amount of dollars per year to be covered by you know the fire department right and then um, there was this, this situation where someone didn't want to pay and then their house burned down. You know, they called the fire department. The fire department's like, look, you didn't purchase this from us. They're like, all right, I want to purchase it right now. They're like, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> you can't buy it when your house is burning down. And then you know, they had to let the house burn down. And it was all, people are all upset. Oh, how can you, how can you do this? And it's like, well, it's simple economics. If they let people do that, then no one would, up, would buy the insurance. The fire department couldn't fund any of its operations. And you wouldn't have a fire department. Anyway, what, what were you going to say? The the only thing that disappoints me about the design, I'm you know I, I like the iPhone four design; it's very nice. But I know you were against this, Kyle. But I wanted a four inch screen. I like more screen space, and it's okay if it makes the phone a little bigger to me. It's a, worth the trade off, and I'm a little disappointed that it's still the same same resolution, same size. Well, I think there are practical issues against increasing the, uh, the sc- either the screen size or the the resolution. Um, because, I know, but still, it would have been cool. Right. Well, I was thinking uh, in my predictions, I thought maybe that they would have like a, a larger scale, like iPod Touch, because I think that that would actually be that would make more sense than an iPhone, because um, you know an iPhone's really meant to like stick in your pocket and carry with you every day, but an iPod Touch, um, y- y- people do that, but conceivably you could also. Just use it as a as a little media device, you know. You're not you're not holding it up against your head, so you know you don't really have to worry about that. Um, 
and people would really benefit from, you know, the increased screen space on an iPod touch. I don't know. But for some reason they decided not to touch the iPod touch hardware at all, except to add a white front. I mean, all in all, I have to say that, you know, physically speaking, if you walked into the Apple store, you know, obviously when this stuff comes out, you walk in there and you're, everything looks exactly the same as it did before this, you know, the iPod nanos look the same. The iPod touches look the same. The iPhones look the same. And they're even selling, is still selling the 3GS, which is, I don't even understand why, but, <laughs> um, so you walk in there and you don't see anything new, which is, I think kind of disappointing, but oh well. The, the hardware change that they did make in the iPhone 4S is the camera. And they did a lot of stuff to the camera, including high-resolution 8-megapixel sensor, which is a, a CMOS sensor now instead of instead of a CCD, I think. And Were, were you going to say 8 megapixels? Did I say that? I, I probably know, said I know that. you didn't. You didn't. But oh, it's okay. not, it, well, it sounded like you were going to say that, but then you corrected yourself. I, think, I just okay. think a mega, thinking of a megapixel is kind of funny. Megapixel. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and yeah, a five-element lens instead of I think four as it was before. And so the the what that and what that uh, the, the result of that is, as they say, is a uh, better color quality, better color uniformity, uh, more light, and better quality Actually, pictures. You're, you're you're a photography person, right? Or you yeah, know something so was, about? Yeah, so I, I was going to talk talk yeah, about it. Honestly, I have no idea what a five-element lens or f slash two point okay, four means. Yeah, so. So a five-element lens means that there are five pieces of glass instead of four. And the more pieces of glass you put in the lens, the more precision you get. So that means better image quality, less distortion, less uh, aberration, which is like color fringing. And basically, if you can fit more, more pieces of glass into the same space, then you'll get better focus, you'll get better, uh, less distortion, like I said, and it, it improves image quality if you can, if you can fit the lens in. And so that's good. And f2.4, that's the aperture of the lens, which is how big the opening is that lets light in. And f2.4 is actually fairly fast. That's a big opening. It lets a lot of light in. And that's good because it lets you get better quality images with the same amount of light as you did before. So low light photography will look better. Or action and it also, shots. Yeah, exactly. Action shots, you can, you can just get a faster shutter speed so you can stop motion better. And the other benefit is that it lets you blur out the background nicely, because the other the other effect of aperture is depth of field. So if you have a a big aperture, you have a small depth of field, so you can take a close up photo and have the background be blurred. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So the based on the samples that they showed, and um, you know watching it through the highly compressed keynote video, it looks about the same as a mid range maybe upper mid-range point-and-shoot camera, which is pretty good for a phone. You know, my the, the phone cameras that I've used are crap, so this is pretty... This is exciting for me as, as someone who is probably going to get one of these. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, the other equally crazy thing about this, this, this new camera is it can record 1080p video. I just think that's insane. 1080p on yeah. a phone. <laughs> <laughs> and... They, they, they do some cool stuff with the, the video too. They've got um, some some live uh, camera noise reduction for for better quality. And the cool part, I think, is that it's got live uh, stabilization, not entirely software stabilization, but hardware stabilization. It uses information from the gyroscope. That is so cool. That, yeah, that that blew me away. I was impressed by that. So so it can 
it can stabilize the video without having to chug through, you know, basically a one to one time ratio in iMovie to stabilize it. Yeah, and that it, it, was... can, it can actually better precision because of the gyroscope, and that's that's great. That's cool. Yeah, that's definitely one of those things where I was like, well, my my iPhone has a gyro in it, so it should be able to image stabilize. But you know, you go in, into you know the phone and it's still jiggling around everywhere, and you're like, I know this should be possible. Uh, maybe it was just because um, the only way to bridge those two pieces of hardware was software, and it just wasn't fast enough uh, on the iPhone four. And then you know when they redid with the four S, they're like, well. You know, let's let's really make a hardware bridge between these two pieces of hardware. Um, they 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 did do something like that in that they put in their own uh, signal processor. So instead of, I, I assume before they were buying a processor from from Canon or from some other brand who licenses theirs. I think Canon does anyway. Um, but anyway, the 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 upshot of using their own is that they can tune it to do exactly what they want and uh, use less power and faster startup that sort of thing. Yeah, supposedly the startup is now 1.1 seconds. Now, is that from, you know, like you're on the home screen and you hit the camera button, rather the camera app, and like 1.1 seconds until you can actually take your first photo? That was my interpretation, yeah. And then a a half-second delay between each photo, which is actually impressive. My my DSLR probably has a maybe a third of a second delay between photos, just because it's got to physically move the mirror and stuff. Yeah, Although it's got it's got an instant startup time, so that's yeah. <laughs> well, at, at at half a second between the the uh, you know be, between being able to take photos, I would think that you know they should have an option where you could just hold down the shutter button and it'll just go and just take a bunch of photos, kind of like you you know on those uh, sports DSLRs. You know they yeah. can just hold down the button and get like a bunch of really uh, shots taken in very rapid yeah. succession. My my guess as to why they didn't do that is that even though it sounds like a small number, when you're trying to take pictures one after another, a half second feels pretty slow. So even even if 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 they were to give people the feature, people would probably be disappointed with it. Right, and plus you know you can take twenty four or thirty frames a second if you just do ten eighty p video, which is I mean ten eighty p a ten eighty p picture is looks good. I mean yeah. what, and eight, what I mean eight megapixels is a lot more than ten eighty p, but now yeah, I'm curious. Nineteen twenty by ten eighty. That's a two megapixel picture. That's yeah, that's the same megapixels as you as you would get on the original iPhone camera, as a still. And you're getting thirty of those, or I'm not sure what the frame rate is, but it's probably yeah, around 30. thirty a second. Oh, that's just crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if they if it's done as well as the seven twenty p was on the iPhone four, I mean, when I got my iPhone four and I saw the seven twenty p video, I was absolutely blown away by the quality of it. And if it's, you know, if it's the same quality, I'm just going to be, I mean, uh, it's not enough for me to upgrade, but it's something that when I buy my next iPhone, I'm really looking forward to having that there. So they've also got, uh, they, they, you know, monkeyed around a little bit with the antenna. Um, apparently while it's now a, a world phone, uh, GSM and CDMA, GSM and CDMA. Um, although there are sort of technical things where if you get it on, say AT and T, you won't be able to roam on Verizon. Um, the CDMA part of it is just shut off completely. And if you're on Verizon, you you won't be able to roam on AT and T unless you have an AT and T SIM. And it's very possible that Verizon will prevent you from being able to uh, use an AT&T SIM in the device. They do that with their other world phones. You can only like use them abroad. It's kind of strange. So 
who knows what'll happen with that, but at least it's one physical piece of hardware. So in theory, you can buy an unlocked one and then either go to Verizon or AT&T and say, I want to sign up for service. Um, an unlocked one is obviously going to be expensive and we don't actually have any word on whether or not they're actually going to sell one immediately. But in theory, it's at least possible. Bringing us to the other piece of big news that Sprint will before long be added as a carrier for the iPhone 4S. Right, right. That is true. Um, actually, so oh, you could get an unlimited data plan for your iPhone 4S. I, I don't know why. It hasn't been mentioned anywhere, but you can also, um, starting soon, uh, get the regular iPhone 4 on Sprint as well. And oh, they, yeah. you know, they dropped the price on the, the regular iPhone 4. Uh, well, they reduced the capacity down to 8 gigabytes as opposed to 16 or 32, but they also dropped the price to $100, which is it's really a bargain. And in fact, I would say to, for most people, um, get the iPhone 4. Save the $100. I mean, it, there's nothing in the iPhone 4S that's like leaps and bounds better than the iPhone 4. It looks the same. For the most part, it operates the same, does all the same basic stuff. It's a hundred bucks less. It's a hundred bucks in your pocket. For it's apps? Like, yeah. It's like 20 uh, Starbucks lattes or whatever. I would argue that the functionality difference between the 4S and the 4 is less than the functionality difference between a stock iPhone and an iPhone with $100 worth of apps. That is true. And also, I would have to say it's also... Um, less than the functionality differences from the 3GS and the 3G. Um, because compared to the 3GS, the 3G, it's actually really slow. <laughs> uh, it was very RAM limited and it didn't have things like a compass or there were a few other hardware things that were added. Oh, video. You can do video. But I mean, you can do video on the iPhone 4. It's got a compass. It's got everything in there. Um, the, the, the 4S is just a little bit better, but it's not that much better um so airplay yeah who cares about that i mean it's it's interesting but it's not really worth talking about um the thing to say is that it works with an iphone 4s airplay mirroring right right airplay mirroring um so apparently that's like an a5 thing because the ipad 2 can also do that so ipad 2 iphone 4s you can you can mirror it um with airplay um, and then there's the big thing, uh, the voice control, uh, something called Siri. So they basically did away with the, the, the regular voice control, um, that if you're like me, um, you probably went <laughs> about, uh, seven or eight months before you even realized, oh my gosh, it has this functionality. Um, I was truly shocked one day when I was holding down my home button a little too long and it's like, doo doo voice control. I'm like, what? What is this? <laughs> and I mean, I remember that they added it in uh, for the 3GS, but because I had a 3G at the time um, and it w- didn't support it, I just, it, 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 I mean, I tried it. Oh, it didn't work. Okay, it doesn't work in 3G. And then it just went completely out of my mind. And then after I discovered it on my iPhone 4, I'm like, oh, that's neat. And then I never used it again. So <laughs> uh, hopefully it's a little more um, robust and accurate and usable. And, uh, and it seems to be given the demo. So... There were demos, though. In right. Best case scenario. Right, right, yeah. Um, although, I mean, Phil said, well, you know, we're going to demo it on stage, so it's pretty. It's a pretty brave thing to do, and I have to agree. It's, it's not like they were using, you know, it was a script. It's not like they, they're going to say a whole new word and see how it does. It, they, you know, I'm sure they thoroughly tested to make sure it would work well. 
True, true, yeah. What they should have done is let a member of the audience come up and say something. <laughs> and that, that's a good test of the natural language processing, which is a big feature of Siri. You can, you can, I think Apple puts it, you can say what you mean. So there are a, a million ways to ask the weather, and it will, it'll get your meaning and tell you the weather. Yeah, it seems and, to be very good at um, interpreting different ways of um, how you're asking what the weather is like. Do I need a raincoat? Yes, rain is predicted. Yeah, and that um, I don't know, kind of like a like a women's prison warden voice. I can't even do it, but yeah, you know I, what? You I know, mean. I was I was surprised that they didn't put a better voice in it because this is that's that it, it, that voice reminds me. If it's not the same, it reminds me of one of the female voices that's been in Mac OS X since. I'm thinking leopard or maybe even tiger. Oh, and I'm sure, yeah honestly one of the some of the newer voices they you know that that uh tom voice was it's it's incredible on on uh, lion and of course i i understand completely why they can't put that on the iphone 4s it's four gigabytes just for the voice to start with but you know something like alex that they introduced with snow leopard is a much smaller footprint and a lot nicer and i don't really i'm not really sure why they didn't include that maybe maybe it's a processing thing maybe it's a file size thing but I would have liked a better voice. I, you know, I, I, the technology's there, so it feels weird using this one. I'm not, I'm not super concerned about uh, the the quality of the actual voice. And I, I mean, you're right; there are completely understandable technical reasons why they they just could not, um, you know, do a better one. Um, although, I mean, maybe, maybe, I mean, they could have done. Uh, I don't know what Google does, but I know Google does virtually all their processing on the cloud. I mean, what you could do is you could, you know, process the voice on the cloud and just send down the actual sound clip to the device to play. Apple Apple mentioned that the the Siri, some of the recognition stuff actually is apparently cloud-based because it talked about, like, when you... One of the other features is that you can... there Whenever you see keyboard, there's now a dictate button. So you can use it as a voice recognition for, for dictation. And they, I think it was Scott Forstall who was demoing it, said that it, it went up to Apple servers and then the response was converted into text and pasted into the field. So I think it is partly cloud-based. Yeah. And who knows exactly um, how much of that requires the cloud. I mean, obviously looking up stuff on Wolfram Alpha or Wikipedia does and it seems very likely that the dictate that the dictation does as well, um, but who knows? I mean, maybe maybe you are really required to be connected to the internet to use Siri at all. Um, so I think it's one of those things where uh, once it comes out, you know, once the iPhone 4S is in the Apple Store, I'm going to stop by and I'm going to play with it a bit, um, and and really see how how it responds to my voice and and what different queries I can provide and. Computer activate self destruct sequence authorization. You know, <laughs> yeah. the the Mac OS ten voice activation thing. It's called like speakable items or something. I've tried it out and it has not been good enough for me to keep it enabled. It uh, if you're not familiar with it, the way it works is that it puts a little circly window in the corner of your screen. And that gives you access to Apple's pre-built commands, as well as a folder that's called speakable items. So you can put apps or, or uh, files in that speakable items folder and then say their name, the, the file name, and it'll open it. 
and then the stock Apple commands are like open something. And the the way it's implemented is that you can either say a keyword and the computer will recognize it and do the action. So you could say, you know, computer, open Safari. And I tried it out. And that's about as far as I got. Anything beyond that, it just doesn't work well. So I'm hoping that we'll see something like this ported to the desktop because I think it could even be more useful there because I was thinking like in a crowded place, you know, how, how good is the, the phone going to be about isolating your voice? And also, how are the people around you going to feel about you talking aloud to send a text message? Right, exactly. It seems, seems like it could even be possibly more useful as a desktop application. No, I completely agree, actually. Um, and I think that a lot of the reason why I, I, I'm actually optimistic about this because I'm, from what I've heard, um, it's it's doing all the you know the cloud processing uh using nuances some something something dictate uh which is basically the industry standard um this is what you know people that are actually doing professional dictation and writing books and stuff will use this stuff and so and i i even think that like apparently there was like a windows version that was better than the mac version so you've got all these like windows people that are secretly using pcs to re- uh, record their voices to write books because uh the mac version of the software just wasn't good enough um i mean i i can't say for sure you know exactly who's using what pieces of software but i believe negrino um on on our uh, past uh, on the show a, f- a few shows back uh as well as john syracuse used something something like that so um, but yeah, I, I completely agree that um, Apple should build it into uh, Lion as well. Um, there's there there do seem to be a lot of things being added to iOS that I'm, you're like, oh man, I really I, I wish they would, they'd add that to the Max, and they just they're just not for some reason. I don't know why. So yeah, so the uh, the prices are are exactly the same except that they've added a new. 64 gigabyte version at 399 so 199 for 16 299 for 32 and 399 for 64 uh and for people that have you know libraries between 32 and 64 gigabytes of of like music and stuff um it almost seems weird because they're simultaneously saying hey give us 25 dollars a year for itunes and streaming and all that but at the same time they're like oh if you want 64 gigs on your iphone (laughs) Uh, to put on uh, on your your entire music library, uh, it's three ninety nine. So I mean, maybe it's because they're shooting ten eighty p video, and that just stuff just eats storage space. I don't know, but it just seems kind of weird. Um, Might be as simple as an attempt to push their presence in the business sector. If there are a lot of a lot of businesses that feel like for whatever reason they need higher amounts of storage, they figure they'll give people the option. I'm not. What what is the business case for a higher 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 storage in a phone? I, I don't you know that the, the my experience has been that some businesses are are kind of don't like the idea of the cloud and anything like that and uh, you know this is a I'm completely making this up probably since it's based on a ridiculously small sample but it seems like there are some businesses who are more interested in keeping everything locally than setting up exchange or something like that. I don't know. I'm probably just crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, that's definitely true. Um, except that, uh, I don't think there's actually any business case that requires an additional 32 gigabytes of space or, or anything above 32, above 32 gigabytes. It's like, well, what are you storing? You know, maps, maybe yeah. large 
huge videos. I I don't know. And I know multiples eight multiples of eight is the thing for for flash storage. But I kind of if there was a twenty gigabyte version, that would be like perfect because sixteen is like a little smallish for me. I feel like, but thirty two is certainly overkill. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, so for again, we sort of mentioned they're they're still selling the 3GS. How crazy is that? I mean, Market if you look, <laughs> if you, it's good. Well, it's selling. It's going to be free on contract. But uh, I mean, just just comparing the 3GS to the iPhone 4, and then and then to the the 3GS to the 4S. It's just you look at them. And they're, you're like, wow, this phone, the 3GS, is really really old. I mean, you've got the lower resolution screen. Um, you got the plastic back, uh, the lower resolution camera. I mean, it's like, sure, you can get a free iPhone on contract, but at the same time, it's like, can you spend a hundred dollars and get a decent one? <laughs> I, I I would just feel bad for someone that actually goes out when the three GS has become free and says, yes, I want to buy one of these. Instead well, of the four. So so what do you think about, on, on Verizon anyway, there are a number of free Android phones. So I could get like a, one of the lower-end Motorola Droid phones for free with my contract. And that, 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 until today, there was no iPhone option for that. So do you think that an iPhone 3GS would be a better choice than a, a low-end, low-ish-end Droid phone? Honestly, honestly, I mean, even though I like iOS, I have to recognize that. I mean, there there are definitely shortcomings in the in the Android space. Um, but if you're just comparing hardware, the the free hardware you get from either Verizon or AT and T or whatever, um, you know, in terms of Android, and you compare that to the 3GS, the Android hardware is better. I mean, oh, yeah. I've, I I fully admit that. And that that was actually the case back when they were still selling the 3GS as their flagship product. It wasn't until the iPhone 4 came out that they that they sort of uh, leapfrogged Android and, and continued to maintain the lead until until now. Um, the 3GS was just not inspiring at all. Uh, that's my opinion. I don't know. Um, and also the 3GS. I mean, it's only a GSM phone. They they haven't made any CDMA versions of that, so it's only available on I, on AT and T. So people people will buy it. I'll just pity those people, that's all. So the, the iPhone 4S is available for pre-order starting October 7th and will be delivering on October 14th a week later. Yes, delivering and available for pickup in stores. And if you're lucky, maybe you'll be able to get one. I, I don't think there'll be lines. Do you think there'll be lines? I mean, there will be lines, but like nothing like the iPhone 4. Yeah, probably nothing like the iPhone 4. Enough enough to make you wait in them, I would say. Like out the door, you know, but probably not around the block. Right, I yeah. Know. I mean, I, I I waited in line for like six hours. Um, I did not have a pre-reservation for the iPhone 4. Six hours, and I was not even let into the store to, to buy one um, because they just had, you know, they just kept letting the people with the pre-orders in. Uh, eventually, I left and then... Went to Radio Shack two days later. Oh yeah, we got one. All right, all right I'll take it. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I don't think there'll be as long a lines for this. Uh, if anything, I think that um, when Apple comes out with the the eight gig iPhone four, that we'll definitely see some some interest in that. Um, several people 
that I know <laughs> have been waiting for the uh, the next iPhone, and I've been saying, well, you know, hold off on getting the next i uh, on getting your iPhone. You know, either you'll get the 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 better one at the same price as the the iPhone four now, or you'll be able to get the iPhone four at a um, hundred dollars instead of two hundred dollars. Um, and I think that's what I'm going to recommend to them. I'm going to say, look, you, you can get the iPhone four for a hundred dollars and the iPhone four is a really good phone. You know, I have absolutely no problem myself using it for another year, maybe longer and 14, 15 months into, into me, my having my, uh, iPhone three G I, I would, I did not say that at all. <laughs> 15 months into my three G I'm like, why is this thing so slow? <laughs> you know, why are these apps constantly crashing? Cause they don't have memory. <laughs> why is my battery life terrible? So it's, it's, it's a, it's a completely different situation. So, uh, so yeah, so that they're available at Verizon, AT&T and, uh, AT&T and Sprint. Um, and October 28th available in 22 more countries. One last random thought that I just had. Yeah, I I'm wondering if Apple is going to make the the Siri interface accessible to third party apps because I think it would be cool if developers could extend the functionality with something of their own. Like if you've like uh, I'm trying to think of an example. You know, any any app that has any kind of a a user interaction thing where they could check something or they could send something or or perceive something. You know, have something read to them. It oh, absolutely! Like oh, yeah. They could, I, they could, they could open that up, and then developers could create their own Siri functions. And you know, that's a, a whole other element of testing that Apple would have to do to make sure it doesn't conflict with anything and that it works reliably. But theoretically, or or even if they only gave that to a select group of developers who they thought could, you know, especially handle it well, I, I think it would be powerful if they would start doing that. Oh, absolutely. It, yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. sound like they have plans to do that yet, but I'm, I'm hoping it's coming up. Yeah. That's one of those things where, um, you really like, like Siri will be, will be cool to play with. Um, you know, if you can, you know, do text messages, do email, do contacts, calendars, all that stuff, but it would be really powerful to say, um, okay, access mint app and find out how much money I have in my bank account, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if, if you don't have that, that cross app interaction, um, Siri is going to be like, I do not understand you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think Android was really smart. Um, cause they actually added this oh, several generations back. I believe this was Froyo, right? For last, last summer, uh, Android added, um, this sort of, this sort of cross application control and, and, and stuff didn't, I'm, I'm sort of straining my memory and I realize that n- neither of you are uh, experts in Android at all, but I think that they added something like that in Froyo. So um, I'm hoping that they will do something similar with iOS five because otherwise Siri, I mean, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be good, but it could be a lot better. So any, any last thoughts? That was my last thought. Okay, cool. Jason. Don't think so. All right. Well, this has been the Ask Different Podcast. You can find us on iTunes by searching for Ask Different Podcast. You can find us, uh, we have a new home. It's uh, apple.blogoverflow.com. You can uh, leave a comment on this post at at, uh, apple.blogoverflow.com. You can also email us at podcast at askdifferent.net. The .net part is important. We do want to hear from you. So if you've got suggestions or, or whatever else, 
maybe you even want to be on the show. I don't know. <laughs> just uh, just email us, and uh, we'd love to. We we would really love to get that uh, that feedback. And thanks for listening.